0: Hi, you're listening to Thoughtful Wellness Revolution with Zara and Hien, a podcast where we believe wellness isn't wellness if it's just for you. Today, we are speaking to the lovely Brittany Carter, who is a holistic therapist from Central Florida. Brittany, what's on your mind today?
1: You know, all week I've been talking about support. So I've been thinking about today in particular, I met up with another mom, how it could be a support to her and her children and some of the things that happen on the playground
0: today. I love that you've already started talking about children. Cause I think I said this to Hien when uh, I first was like, we should ask Brittany. Um, you're the only one on our podcast, I believe this season who has children. So could you, I know this isn't necessarily our first thing. Could you talk to us a little bit about what it's been like raising small humans in the last year? It's been very interesting.
1: <laughs> it's been very interesting. Um, because there's all this stuff happening. And then you have little tiny humans to also take care of. And sometimes you get a reprieve normally, my, my kids were homeschooled before this, where they went to school and you can kind of get yourself together, but they are always here. Um, so it's been a lot of balance and a lot of setting boundaries and saying, okay, I'm going to be, because we're with each other all the time. Need to have a schedule, like when we're going to be physically touching, when we're going to be engaging in conversation, and also when I may need some downtime. So it's been very, very interesting to be raising children in the middle of the shutdown.
2: Yeah, that sounds like it. How are you seeing um, how other parents are doing? I imagine. I know that you have um, sort of like an offering for mothers. Um, And so I'm curious to know what you've seen um, sort of has been, I don't know, like any trends that you're seeing, anything that you're seeing um, is helping people or sort of some of the challenges that are coming up for people? Yeah,
1: so I would just say as in general, what I'm seeing with my clients and also what I'm seeing just from mom friends is a lot of fatigue. It's not just COVID fatigue, it's like parenting fatigue. In particular, there's been a spike in the amount of emissions in the pediatric ICU. And it's not because of medical emergencies, it's because there's neglect happening. Like parents are literally like, they can't do all the things. And on week six months, like they're not watching their children, there's accidental overdoses, there's drowning. And I think it's just because we don't have the support. You can't see your, you know, your parents or the children's grandparents. You're not having the connectedness. And um, that's coming out in a lot of uncomfortable ways. I've also seen with some of the older children, they've been having a hard time with social isolation and a lot of depression. Um, so I always also been advising some of my mothers who see me just go ahead and send the kids back to school because it was between the depression and suicidal ideations and going back to school must be safe but like they need social connection and so it's really been a very and I and I say that I want to be careful about saying that Everyone has a personal choice and your calculated risk is different than someone else's calculated risk. But I do wanna say that beyond just being sick with COVID, it's been a huge emotional toll on our children. So something that I have been encouraging mothers to do is to not isolate from their support group. make sure you're getting on those Zoom calls, make sure that you're checking in on each other. And um, something that I particularly did was, I, the people who were close enough, I just dropped off care packages at their house. Like I just dropped it off, you know, like here's a movie, <laughs> you know, here's here's some snacks. So you can like refill your cup because the adults are depleted, the kids need something to do. And, um, it's been a really hard season for mothers this year. I, I, will, I will just tell you, parents in general. Um, but because of the way our society is structured, mothers carry the, the biggest load
0: of that. Thank you so much. I found that to be super insightful. Um, I do have a question because I have a friend who's kind of newly a parent or step parent. Um, what do you say for those people who are new parents in this last year or two? who don't necessarily have a family support system or like a, a mom support system? Because I think you've kind of talked specifically about moms having other mom support groups. What is, how do you build that up if you don't have that? Or what do you suggest if how in starting to build that up?
1: Meet up. That's how I didn't know. Like, I, I worked since I was 15 and I had my oldest child. I became a stay-at-home mom and I was like, I need someone to talk to, <laughs> you know, that had a a baby in the last decade. Because um, you know you have your family, but you know, your your parents and your grandparents are older. So I, I joined meetup groups and they, you know, there's also Facebook groups now. Um, baby Center has those little support groups, but reach out in all of those areas bonus points of this meetup because when the world completely opens up or if you're dabbling in and out right now, you can meet these people in person.
2: I think those are such good um, ideas and advice. Um, And I think what you said about, you know, how kids are feeling is really interesting because for me, um, in my neighborhood, I've noticed that um, outside, it feels like sometimes it's a little bit noisier because I hear kids playing around. Um, And it's funny because sometimes what happens is that they're like playing when I'm teaching a yoga class, you know? So like I'm teaching, especially it's like I'm teaching restorative yoga and I hear kids like running around and screaming with each other. And Um, And, you know, maybe if I was someone else, I would be, like, really annoyed, like, what's going on, right? But I guess because I'm me, I'm seeing that, or I think what I'm seeing is that they are trying to um, connect with each other. And so they're, and of course, because of COVID, the way that, the best way it seems that they can do that is they can play outside. Um, and so even if it's like a not the most optimal time, you know, when one of their neighbors who, you know, they don't necessarily know it's trying to teach like a restorative yoga class or meditation class. Um, I still think it's good to see that they try to make it work, right. That they are like, Hey, well, just hang out and play outside. Like I hear them, like they're playing games or they're running around and, um, I just think, I don't know, like that kind of speaks to like the young person's like intuition and like, you know, that's how we'll solve the problem. If we can't be in school together, we'll just run around the neighborhood and make a lot of noise.
1: <laughs> in the fresh air, you know? Yes. In the sunlight. Hopefully it's sunlight here in Florida. I don't know if there's sunlight you
0: <laughs> Um Yeah, we love our Florida sunlight and it's it's nice too to see kids playing outside because it's kind of like we went through a weird phase when computers and like technology shifted where it was like oh yeah no it's like a weird thing to let your kids go play outside because like maybe they'll get abducted which like obviously also is still very true I'm not like negating the importance of that but like now it's like oh you're stuck inside with technology all the day please go outside and that's kind of pretty I think that's pretty cool to see and so I actually am curious so I think you have uh, obviously some very awesome and unique tools under your belt with therapy and yoga. How do you take care of yourself as a mother? How do you take care of yourself as a therapist? How do you take care of yourself in a year of this past year?
1: I, I'll say that, you know, pre-COVID, I, I was I was tooting my own horn. I was pretty balanced. I was pretty good at this. Um, routines are, my husband works a lot. And so although I have emotional support and it always helps to have two incomes, um, I, on a day-to-day basis, I kind of operate as a single mom um, because of his hours. And so schedules are everything to me. So scheduling was great. Um, I practiced yoga regularly in my personal life. I taught two yoga classes and I had my clients. And this was something that was perfect. And I, I very rarely felt stress in the balance of how things happen. Um, And then COVID (laughs) hit. and um, I think like everybody else, it was just like, oh my goodness, what do we do? So for me, I definitely became out of balance with my body. I still was meditating. um, And I was still trying to visualize my day, but it was harder for me to visualize what my day was going to look like um, because I didn't always know. And then, I stopped moving my body. Like I wasn't, I with my yoga asana, I, I also worked out. You know, I ran and um, I did hit stuff, like that all stopped um, because I just, I didn't have, you know, we only have a hundred percent, like we have a pie. You can only cut it up so little and something had to give, you know, my kids were here longer. And so what physical activity left for me, we were still taking walks, but just the, I need the fire. And I was definitely not getting the fire, um, the burn. Um, and that's something that my personality needs and I wasn't getting that. And then on top of that, I was getting this, you know, we were, were we were, and am in a mental health crisis, you know, the murder of George Floyd, the new civil rights movement, the rush, and then the pandemic. Like, so I went from these many clients to like these many clients and feeling like I had to help everybody because I think I was in the middle of like some type of weirdness as well so it was it was definitely a season of excuse my language with F and, and you know like I was just like I, it, was, it was weird you want help but there was like nothing you can do so I my personality was like just work more just, just see more people and do more things and um that wasn't good. <laughs> so I, I'm finally back to, again, where we hit the anniversary of just staying inside for two weeks and we're flattened the curve. Um, I'm finally back to like moving my body again, finding balance within my work and not just seeing people all day, all night and, um, and feeling more in my body. Because I, w- I would say for a good eight, nine months, I was out of sorts.
2: Yeah. Thank you for, you know, sharing all of that. I think that is probably something a lot of people can relate to. I feel like I really relate to that. Um, one thing that came to mind I wanted to ask about is that I do know that you provide like a BIPOC support group. And I was wondering if you could share more about that, how that came to be um, and sort of, you know, how, how, how is it going for you? Because I, I think it's such um, an awesome offering to have, especially throughout all of this?
1: Yeah, it, it really birthed with me having a conversation with my children. Um, I was devastated again and again by the murder of people who look like me, but there's something about when they murdered George Floyd that like it was really like, it was agony. It was really heavy. And I went through this period where I was trying to figure out how I felt and then share with my children who were at the time they were eight and five or maybe eight and five. and um, I had to get myself together and I got myself together so it was a couple of days maybe a week and I sat down and talked to my children and I oldest was like I already know um BLM like, like she raised her fist and I was like, how do you know this, like what's happening? She's like, oh, well I saw it on Roblox and I didn't know what it meant, so I Googled it. So, <laughs> so she was like, what are you and daddy doing? And I was like, okay, so let me tell you what I'm doing. And I said, like, I would love to be in the streets and write more and different. I would love to be boarding on a building. Like, I'm sorry, like, that's how I felt. But I said, like, I can't do that, I'm to take care of you. And mommy can't go to jail and take my license away and I won't be able to help other people. anymore. Something that I am doing is we are helping the people get out of jail. So we're donating to these funds to help protesters get out of jail. Um, And then, but that, the question that she asked me, it resonated, I was like, what else could I be doing? Like, what could I be doing? And so, so that's how the support group grew. Like I was motivated by my then eight year old, like, What are you doing? Um, You aren't going to a protest. Like, you know, what? So I was like, okay, this is what I can do. I'm a therapist. Um, Before I was in private practice, group therapy is what I predominantly did. And um, I made a support group, so it would be free. So it is a support group. But um, we started out just a place for us to dump. Um, But we have a lot of the same people come and, have a community now I end every support group by saying how do you want to be supported and how can you support your community this month every support group ends that way um and I love the people who are there and I love the relationship that they have formed with each other you know like outside and um I think it's become a beautiful thing we're coming up on a year um of meeting every first every second Sunday of every month and I I really enjoy it and I I think the people who come enjoy it as well so it came from my eight-year-old
2: oh my gosh I am just so amazed at um at that whole story with how your 8-year-old approach you and also a little bit you know uh, scared about a kid researching things on the internet like that cuz it can be very scary you know just the things that come up but i think that's really beautiful and i'm so happy that you've built up this um network and this community and that they're you know receiving um giving and receiving i think that's a really beautiful thing
0: yeah. And I just want to add, I personally have attended one of your support groups. I think when you first started them last year, cause I had seen your Instagram and I was like, Oh, she seems pretty cool. And then I saw you were doing a BIPOC space. And I just remember when I first attended that space. And the first thing I think of was, Oh my God, her voice is just so pleasant and soothing. And you had such a beautiful way of holding space for people, especially people who had very different experiences. I remember there were a lot of people
1: remember that one that you came to there's a lot of different perspectives
0: yeah and and I just was so impressed with the way you were able to navigate holding space for everyone while recognizing what a larger I guess truth would be for everyone while still maintaining context I just was really impressed and I was like wow like she is so cool um (laughs) so yeah I love what you've been doing with your work. And I think it's so important and so beautiful that you're building this community and space for people to hold each other as opposed to, because I think sometimes maybe as a therapist, it can be hard to be like, oh, I need to hold everyone, but also I can create spaces where we can hold each other. And I think that's a really cool and important thing.
1: I like, I'm happy that you said that because that was definitely the shift. I think where I started to realize that I was out of balance because I was, I literally was trying to. And I was like, "This is the we can't do this." So my, again, my my daughter, and then um, the space, like I think, is is more evenly distributed. You know, I don't have to be the hero. Just provide the space.
2: Yeah, I I am a big believer in um, community healing as well as individual healing, and so I just think you know, generally speaking, um, being able to have a space for community, uh, as well as, you know, coming as me as an individual, you know, coming into a space, but having that community support is is something that I think is so needed. Um, just when I think about like mental health in general, like, and, and healing, uh, because I know for me, when I think about, or previously, I, I guess I would say like, prior to 2020, when I realized that we need each other, right, I kind of thought about mental health as like, oh, like you have your own problems to solve and you go see a therapist and you just kind of somehow hope for the best. And um, and this was like me when I was like, I don't know, this is five years ago or something. And I was um, much newer to the world of wellness and healing. And um, while I think that is true, I think I really believe in um, mutual healing and and how uh, our own healing journeys can support other people's healing journeys and vice versa. And I'm seeing that there is the need for that, like more than ever right now. I mean, especially with, because of the nature of COVID and we're at home a lot and can't like actually be together to like, you know, hug each other um, of, of how much it's needed to have it in whatever way, whether it's on Zoom or google meet (laughs) or whatever people might use online um to come together in community because I find that that I'm starting just in my own personal life and healing journey, seeing that there's so much importance in having a community um and I think especially for BIPOC and for women of color that is a key to so much I think I agree we're stronger together
1: and one of the things I say when I you first meet with me and I go over like how therapy works so listen the people in your life are either going to rise with you and everybody's going to get healthier or um you're going to see that as you get healthy people were taking advantage of your unhealthy and um they were taking advantage and they were pulling from your light and these are the people that you that aren't going to like the changes that you see and these are the people Maybe don't need to be in your life anymore. I say that to everyone, and so I and I, and I believe it. When I win, everyone around me win. Unless you were taking advantage of my unhealthy traits for your benefit.
0: Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and say I know you have a merch store. I think something along I those do. lines needs to be there. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying I would wear that shirt every day because I need the reminder all the time. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they're gonna grow with you, or they're taking, or they're benefiting off you from where you are and being unhealthy. And I think that's so true. Uh, Magic. Yeah,
2: that. Write I that guess. down. <laughs> yes, that that is. Um, wow, that's like blowing my mind a little bit. I was like, I mean, I I understand that concept, but to kind of hear it out loud, I'm like, oh yeah, like like when I think about my own healing journey and you know in my life, um, you know, like people in my family, and I would say, in my culture, Asian American culture are not so I mean, it's changing now, but they're not so keen on, you know, getting help and going to therapy and doing that inner <laughs> work and healing star. I see you're making faces at me because you know exactly what I'm talking about. And and I do see how that has reflected is the people who have risen with me and then just folks that I just had to sort of honestly set boundaries with, like, set really, like, I have some family members that I've had to really just set strong boundaries with, of, like, we can't be talking if you're going to talk about this thing, or if you're going to be behaving in this way, or, like, I don't like when you talk about this thing in this way, or say this, like, just really strong boundaries, and I think what you just said kind of reflected that, Um, and that's, like Zara said, put it put, a
0: put it on, a a on a shirt. You know, oh, put it on
2: a shirt. thank you. you know. Put it on a shirt. Put it on like a journal. You can put it on like you know a journal, and I would love that on my journal. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> um, I'm curious to know, because um, I, I know that you um, also teach um, yoga. How you include um, yoga or how you offer yoga, and you know, if you include it within your therapy practice, or you know, how you see yoga as a practice that supports um, all the holistic kind of therapy stuff that you are into and offer.
1: All right. So, pre March 2020, I taught two yoga, small, intimate yoga classes a week. Um, and I also with certain clients, not everyone, because everyone, people are drawn to me because they see parts of themselves in me. Um, But then some people are drawn to me as well and they're not ready to open up those doors. So not all my clients, but I would say uh, maybe like 45%, we practice yoga for 30 minutes and then we have, um, so it's in the session, it's incorporated in the session. Um, This, a lot of what happens in life is reacting instead of responding. So yoga helps stay in your body. Now, just breathe. clear your mind a little bit, get out of your cortex because your, your brain will always lie to you and tell you like crazy stuff. And have you going to like trauma thoughts and automatic thoughts, things do no longer serve you. So instead of being all up here, stop breathing in your body. And then we can say, okay, what what are we going to do next? Um, So I use that a lot coupled with CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, and that's what I do in therapy. Now, some people don't want to move their bodies or they're at work. And so with those people, I normally just do like a quick, in the the mornings, in the beginning of the session, we do like a quick breathing meditation and then we, we close it out. So it's still a little bit of the pranayama and the guided meditation. Um, We have session and then we close it out. Um, But I I am going to start teaching again because I do miss sharing space and teaching. And it took a while for me to be able to wrap my head around how I was a toucher, I touched a lot. Um, Because these were people that were in my community and they knew me already. Um, so there was a lot of hugging and you were leaving there was a lot of hugging and then um, in Sebastian there was a lot of like you know oils and stuff and this was something that everyone enjoyed and I didn't know how to um, facilitate well maybe not even say I didn't know how I didn't want to facilitate without I feel like touch is so healing healthy touch like a lot of people have so much unhealthy touch I wasn't asking anything for them I was really like just giving them a little bit of my positivity um, and I didn't, I didn't want to teach without being able to do that. But now I've gotten over myself <laughs> and, um, and I'm going to be starting that back up in April. So that was a very long story. So that's how I incorporate yoga. And, um, oh, but you know
2: what? That's also, I talk about Ahimsa a lot. Like a lot, a lot, a lot. Tell us um, about it. Tell us what you share uh, to people about Ahimsa because we could talk about that a lot i'm sure but we can. Let's, let's do it i want to hear it i'm sure zara does well, too yeah so it's it's incredible that people think that
1: they can be disgusting and mean and critical of themselves and then they can go be kind and caring to their children you can't do that Like, do no harm, and what is in you is going to come out. And so first, it's not don't kill, don't steal. Like These things are important. But first, maybe don't say that you're a loser. Like, maybe say wonderful, kind things to yourself so you're not, that negative energy is not coming out in your interaction. So first, in order to do no harm to those around you, you have to do no harm to yourself. And what I'm finding, especially in women, we're highly critical of ourselves. That's how we motivate ourselves almost is to be mean to ourselves. And I can go on a whole rant about how this from childhood and how we were motivated with consequences, but I won't go there today. Um, but like, we don't need to motivate ourselves with negative reinforcement. Why don't you say like, my body deserves to move today. So I'm gonna move instead of saying something horrible about, horrible about the way you look. The way that Ahimsa, Ahimsa shows up in my life because I do have a tendency towards, I'm the oldest child with perfectionism, um, is I make sure that I don't have unrealistic expectations in myself. So that way I'm not putting unrealistic expectations on my children and my husband. Um, I love the term black girl magic. But also I'm a human. And I shouldn't be doing all the things. Like, I shouldn't always have to be magical. I'm allowed to be vulnerable. I'm allowed to say not today. And because again, the way we were raised, what you see from your ancestors, I I don't want to overwork. I don't. I want to be able to rest. And so what happens like for me, and what I see with people, um, did I see in therapy when I and I noticed that because I have it, so I can see it. It's, and kindness and then maybe I'm not mad that the child didn't do a chore like you know like the the amount of of emo- like, I still want to correct but I'm not it's not the emotion is not here when it should be here but when I'm when I'm doing that to myself it comes out so that's Ahimsa in a nutshell for me and what I do for me.
2: Wow I think so much of what you shared is so beautiful and it's funny as you were talking I wrote down another quote <laughs> so you got another <laughs> slogan to kind of put together and sell your merch I put down what is in you is going to come out what is in you is going to come out so definitely I think that idea of practicing Ahimsa with ourselves so that we can pour that out into the world and people we interact with is just like Yes, needs that that needs to be widely known and heard. And yeah, I definitely relate to the idea of, you know, being highly critical of myself as a woman and thinking that was good that's the way to motivate me. And I just when you were saying that, I just like had flashbacks to my younger days of like, I was so hard on myself and I thought that was the right thing to do. Like I thought it was like if I'm not super hard on myself, then like I'm never gonna get anything done. Like I need to be, super like critical so that it'll give me motivation to do things but it was so damaging to my self-esteem it was so damaging to like the way I thought about myself and my relationship with like people because then and I'm not saying this goes for for everyone but then I would also be you know okay with people maybe not treating me as well because I'm already saying those mean things about me. So when someone else comes along and says it or thinks it, I kind of accepted that. And, and that, I think, is something that other women also go through and have to learn how to fight back against that. You know, being critical of yourself is like a good thing or something. It's like so detrimental. And um, yeah, Zara, did you want to say
0: something? No, I just wanted to add, or yes, I wanted to add something. <laughs> um, I wanted to add that I really appreciated that as well, because I think, I didn't even remember that I said this till he said it to me, but um, so for, in our yoga teacher training, our last, for our last project, you know, we, we got feedback and they said, do you want critical feedback or do you want, you know, do you want constructive feedback or do you want just positive feedback? And I said, honestly, give me all the critical feedback you've got because nobody could be meaner to me than I am to myself and Hien started talking to me about like, and I had been working with self-compassion and Nahimza as well before that. But like when Hien was like, I have this self-compassion class that I think you would, I'd really like you to try. <laughs> and, and I was looking into it and as reading it and I was just like sobbing the whole time. Cause I was like, Whoo, you are real mean in there to yourself. And it's so true. Cause when you're mean inside, there is no other way. Like eventually it has to come out. And I found myself much more compassionate with other people when they make mistakes, much easier to not expect so much from other people as I've been practicing like more dedicatedly self-compassion and being like, I actually don't need to be mean to anyone about this to get this done. And it actually might get done in a better way and everyone's happier about it. Um, Yeah, so I appreciate you sharing that. No
2: problem. Yeah, I I think everything that you said is, it's just like, oh, yes, that's still, it's still real. And um, I didn't know that my little workshop I shared with you gave you a lot of feelings. Um, But yeah, I'm very big on self-compassion just because sort of like I mentioned my own experiences. And so I'm very happy to hear, Brittany, that you are um, sharing that with um, the people you work with, because I think it's like people need to know that there's another way and it's Ahimza, and it starts with you. Um, I'm curious to know, um, what um, is wellness to you? Um, like, like, you kind of mentioned how you were uh, at, at certain points in the year, you last year, you, you felt kind of like that overwhelmed, like you were doing too much and trying to be there for too many people. Um, and, and so that was kind of like how you knew you were not well. And so what is it for, for you then? And how is it that you know that? you're well and that this is the wellness that you are um, practicing and embodying one of the things i make sure that i do is say,
1: i'm a person of solitude i love solitude and that's a little bit harder when you have children and a family um so fridays i block out i don't take clients and um so, in my children don't get out of school till about three, I make sure that I have I don't over schedule that time. Sometimes, yes, like I go to the doctor, but most of the time, I'm spending time with myself doing something that I want to do. Um, sometimes, if that includes someone else, that's great, but I know that I need that recharge time. If this season of pandemic taught me anything, it's to remind me that I need solitude. Um, so, there's that. Um, in terms of wellness, I'm also, I'm an extroverted introvert, by the thing. Um, so I I enjoy being by myself, but I need small groups, um, small group interaction. I, I love my friends a lot, and I love them. And I, I know that that's something else that I need, so even in COVID, I was like, listen, yes, y'all can all wear your mask, but someone has to come see me. <laughs> like, you know, like, I, it's something that I personally need. Um, and I, I need my um, meditation. So these are things that, and I I need to be in my passion. And so, um, I, if you're familiar with my work, you've heard me say this a thousand times. Like I've only ever wanted to help people like, since I was a child. I've I've never, you know, some people that change majors a thousand times and do all. Like I've only wanted to do this. Um, it's changed. I used to work want to work with kids and. Um, before 2017, I wasn't a holistic therapist, but I've always wanted to help people, and so I know that I need to be by myself. I need my social interaction. I need my family, but I also need to be operating in my gift, or I feel un- unsettled. I can I'm not a. And I wasn't working as much when I my children were really young. I felt not like myself. Um, I, I need to be helping people something that i need in my life for me to feel well um but in a healthy way because before i was a therapist it was just like anybody who uh needed something like they became my best friend and so you you like pour all this stuff into people who maybe don't need it or appreciate it and then you get resentment so not not that like it needs to be done in with boundaries and um so I'd make sure that my cup is at least half full where I try out the news. the second
2: part to that question.
1: Can you remind me what it was?
2: Um I think I think that was I think you answered it. I forgot what I had said, but I, I think you answered it of um, you know, just just wondering what, what wellness means to you, you know, just because you had mentioned when you were when you knew that things were not well with you and Things had to change, and um, I think you answered it perfectly. I, I think, um, I think, in some ways, I'm also an extroverted introvert. <laughs> I just call that being an ambivert, though. I think that's like where you're kind of in the middle, um, and so I lean more towards introversion. So I also really like solitude, but like you, I love small groups as well. Like that's my jam, and that's one of the things I miss um, about. The pre-COVID times is when I could just be with like my small groups of friends at an event, but it's like just me talking to them, I'm not talking to other people, that kind of thing. (laughs) Sorry, you're like laughing at me. It's like, well, you know, the other people are okay too. If if they come up to me, I'll say hi, but I'm just there for the people I do know. You know what that's like. Um, And so, yeah, I think that, um, I think what you said uh, makes sense, um, completely makes sense. And I can relate to that. A lot. Um, and I wanted to know um, just to sort of wrap up um, what's one thing you want to see more of in wellness, and what's one thing you want to see less of in wellness? And this could be pertaining to wellness in general, it could be pertaining to, you know, therapy in your profession or yoga or whatever insight you want to share.
1: What I would like to see less of is um, wellness centered around the white standard, like whiteness being the standard. Um, the way that I treat my clients, most of my clientele are from marginalized populations. The way that I treat my clients and I interface with them is different than what I was taught in okay? And I think that from someone who doesn't understand cultural differences, some of it may even seem like it's unethical. You know, honestly, I have a relationship with my with my people, that's how, that's why this works. Um, and I'm not going to the movies with them, but like they have my phone number. They know how to get in touch with me. Like, you know, like, so is it's, it's they, what we need is a sense of community because it's been stripped, stripped from us. And so it can't be this like clinical cold setting. Um, so I would like for healing, especially when it's coming from people that look like me brown or black people, I would like to see more um, of uh, community in our relationship because this is important and less of the less of the like clinical um, super super strict boundaries um, because it, it, that doesn't resonate with us. That's a generalization. It doesn't resonate with a lot of
2: us. Zara, did you want to say something? You were nodding along and gave Brittany a uh, a heart uh, with your hands.
0: <laughs> I just want to start this straight up. I love that you, the first thing you said, I want to see less of, because we always say, what do you want to see more? What do you want to see less of? And people always go like, oh, I want to see like more like love and inclusion. I'm not doubting anyone who has already been on this podcast because it says amazing things. But you know what I mean? When you say like, oh, what people are quick to go to, oh, what do I want more of? And I love that you said, I want less centered around whiteness because like that idea of- The clinicalness of therapy and healing work in a lot of phrases, I don't think is helpful. And I think is so isolating and is like just a direct result of colonization. Um, So I love and appreciated that you said that because it is, it's true. It's building community and building relationship, (laughs) building community and building relationship. That's what really makes healing possible and makes us makes. Um, therapy and wellness and all these things accessible to BIPOC and marginalized folks because we feel connected. Um, Yeah. So thank you. I, I,
2: I love that answer as well. And I, I feel so deeply your uh, you know, your your conviction and your belief in the importance of community. Like, I, I mean, I just, throughout the conversation, like we started with you saying you've been thinking about support, right? And asking about the different things you're doing and what you're seeing. And it comes back to that idea of being in relationship and being in community. And I think, um, I think a lot of people can learn from from that idea. And and hopefully they do in in hearing you speak about that. Um, So I'm curious to know, um, how can people uh, get in touch with you? You know, people are curious about um, learning more about you and your offerings.
1: Um, All of my stuff is on my website. It's www.cartertherapyllc.com. You will find um, you can sign up for the free support group there. You will find all the merch there. I have an e-course, the self-paced for mothers more than a mother. You can find that there, and you can also sign up for therapy there. Um, um, I encourage you to not just sign up for a session. Um, let's do a consultation to make sure that we match first. Um, that's where you can find all of my things. I do little quick, like one minute. Um, videos on Instagram under Carter therapy. That's it. Carter therapy. If you just want to see what Brittany's doing from Monday to Friday, I put a little something on there, um, Monday through Friday.
2: Thank you so much, Brittany, for being on this podcast with us and for sharing so many of your lovely thoughts and insights. And thank you for listening to the Thoughtful Wellness Revolution podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to wherever you're listening.